you ready? This is everything we've trained for. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm Are you ready, ready for training day? All right, let's go. <clears throat> It's the greatest show on dirt, live from the Sweet V Studios. I'm your host, Quentin, coming to you with Courtney. She's in the studio for a second week. What's up, Court? Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Oh, what a nice little thing. Um, nope. We're going to try to power through this episode right now. Okay. Tell us, how are you doing today? I'm really tired. You're really tired? Yeah, I'm struggling from daylight saving time. So is it daylight oh. savings time or daylight saving time? It's daylight savings time. Are you sure? Yeah, yep. It's daylight savings time. What are you willing to bet? Um, I'll bet you 10 bucks right now it's daylight savings time. Let's Google it. You okay. think it's singular? Daylight saving time. No, it. I think it's savings. I think you're right. I don't want to take that bet. Daylight savings time 2018. Because Google says it. Google says no, it. No, look. Daylight. Day, Washington Post. Daylight saving time. Oh, my God. I'm wrong. It's daylight savings time. Oh, my God. Does that mean it's not Walmarts and Kmarts, too? Yeah. <laughs> or Targets. <laughs> or Targets. It's daylight saving time. I'm wrong. What do I owe you for this? $10. We made a bet. Okay, cool. I don't know if I heard you say $10. We'll have to play this back. No, you said $10. We'll let the audience decide, actually. I said $10? Yeah, but then I, I was like, I don't want to take that bet. I'll pay you $10. We have the same bank account, so I'm not really sure if that matters. Yeah. But I'll gladly take the $10. Go get stuff. Yeah, because I keep my own stash of money that you don't know about. What? Yeah, I always keep a stash Me of... Me too. Look in the nightstand. I just keep a stash of play money is what I call it. It's play money. I have money in my nightstand. Just in case I need a pack of cards and Cheetos and... You know, other stuff I might need. Maybe like a new ball cap or something. Like Big League Chew or something. Yeah, Big League Chew. Can I tell you my whole body hurts though? I know. I, I pushed it to the limit yesterday. And here's here's what happened to me. Like maybe it's a failure to realize that I'm 34 years old. But I wake up in the morning at 7 a.m. No, I'm not 35. Wow. And so I go to... That's real mean. Though. I know. Like, I thought you were you? older. <laughs> and I wake up at 7 a.m. to go hit baseball. So yeah. I'm at the I'm at the baseball field right across from what will be our new house slash new studio, which we'll be in in about a month. And I hit five buckets of balls. So that's about 100, 125 yeah. balls approximately. And I left there and me and you went on nature nature trek, yep. nature hike with Brody, the Black Lab. He's the official dog of the greatest show on dirt. And so we went on that hike, which was about an hour straight hike. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I go to the gym and then I hit more baseballs. Yep. I can't describe to you the stuff that hurts inside of my body right now. I don't think that you, once you hit 30, I think you're not meant to work out as hard as But that. I'll tell you what, my swing's looking good though. Yeah, I It's know. a mix between now Bryce Harper and I've got some Albert Bell mixed in. Sure. Where like, if anyone's ever watched Albert Bell bat, how like, when he like kind of pumps up. Yeah. Before he swings it. Yeah. So I feel like Albert Bell slash Bryce Harper when I swing. Well, honestly, your swing's only looking better because of the feedback that I gave you. You did give me feedback. Tell them what feedback you gave me. Well, you were like hunched over too much. And what were you doing? You were like kind of like sticking your butt out, I think, as opposed to keeping it You were it looking in. at my butt? I was looking at your butt, but we're married, so it's Unbelievable. okay. Unbelievable. No, but it just wasn't looking good. So I had to work on the mechanics of your swing and your stance. Luckily, I'm a professional and I was yeah. able to, to really kind of... You know, iron that out. One hundred percent. You know what other great hitter, hitter's wife, looked at his batting stance and told him what was wrong. Who? Tony Gwynn. Really? And Tony Gwynn's wife would um, watch. A lot. He would. Tony Gwynn would call back home mm -hmm. while he was on the road and call his wife and be like, because they had it set up. He he was one of the early guys to ever watch video. Right. And he would have his wife record the video, so he would call back home and say, "Hey, what's my swing look like?" And she would tell him exactly what was wrong. Yeah. Kid you not, real baseball wife right there. Yeah. And Chipper Jones' dad was the same way, but the best stories like. Tony Gwynn and his wife. Right. Which, Mr. Padre, if you haven't watched Mr. Padre, it's one of the best MLB Presents 
shows I've ever watched in my life. Tony Gwynn has the best laugh in the world. Really? Yeah, try oh, to I make me laugh. It. And he's like, <laughs> I gotta. Wait, no, that's not even a good one. Well, I can't do Tony Gwynn's laugh. Tony Gwynn's laugh, you can't like imitate. You can't duplicate. It's the best laugh in the whole entire world. Yeah, that was really bad. That just sounded like your laugh. Thank you. Kind of like when you saw my hair and you said, you look like Bryce Harper. I never said well, it was just like, like that, wasn't it? Ever. It was just like that. You'll never let that go, will you? No, absolutely not. But we do have some news. So some free agents signed. Oh. So we've got two guys since. And the, the first signing we want to talk about is Mike Moustakis, right? Mike Moustakis picked up a one-year, $6.5 million deal with a club option for 2019. But those are the types of options that never really get picked up. Right. So what it is is he's going to get paid $5.5 million, And then he'll get a million buyout for the opt-out because he'll probably hit free agency next year. Right. He's back with the Royals. So he's going to play third base for him. And... There was a rumor that he had had a three-year offer from the Angels worth $45 million that he had turned down. Why? Some reporter, well, some a reporter reported that he had turned down a three-year $45 million offer, which right. Scott Boris denied it, who is uh, Mike Moustakis' agent. agent. Yeah. It was like, that never happened. But a lot He represents of, a lot of athletes, doesn't he? Big names, big yeah. names. He's got Jake Arrieta. Yeah. Um... Maybe that's why. He had why. Eric Hosmer. Maybe oh, yeah. That's he, why he's like the most familiar. famous one. Yeah. And he's kind of a jerk, apparently. Oh. I was listening to Dan Levitard's show, like, last week. Mm-hmm. And they have the uh, Miami Marlins former GM on there every week. And he says Scott Boris was one of the worst human beings he's ever met in his life. Why? Is he just, like, conniving or something? Yeah, I guess so, right? When Jose Fernandez... Is he, like, a mobster for baseball contracts? Yeah. Well, when <laughs> Ho- he had a real problem because when Jose Fernandez had passed away in the boating accident, yeah. Scott Boris was his agent. Yeah. And he Did just... Did he want, like, a payout or something? No, not really, but he just seemed like he... Uh didn't really have the right intentions i guess during the whole process of like jose fernandez passing away and like during the funeral and stuff right just the gm said he was like none too impressed with that i wish i could remember that gm's name i could probably find it on my listings but he had also said that because of scott boris encouraging jose fernandez to turn down a big deal yeah now that's put his family like in a debacle right because he was telling jose fernandez to like hold out and then something drastic happened and now his family might not be taken care of for as long as they need to be. What? And he just said he didn't really appreciate the uh, the greed coming from that. Right. Um, but kind of what I'm getting at it is the one thing I want to talk about on this Kansas City Royal signing. And Courtney, look, tell you what you think of this. Okay. We're both, we're not baseball players and I'm never going to play the card of baseball players are millionaires. Who cares if they get paid a million less because they get paid a gazillion dollars to right. play a game that we would all love to play, right? Because right? cause me and you have normal jobs, right? right. We run the greatest show on dirt podcast sponsored right. by Sweet Bee Studios. And here's what happens. So yes. Mike Moustakas was going to be a free agent. Yes. But the Kansas City Royals offered him a qualifying offer, which is essentially like when you got a guy like that's going to be free agent. what the agent. Cubs did for Jake. They did that for Jake Arrieta. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that qualifying offer was for one year at $17.4 million. Right. Of course, Mike Moustakas turned it down because when you're his age, he's about 29 and a half right now. It's important. Yep. Every ball player looks to free agency. You, you want to test the market, right? Yeah. And you want to get longer. And for me... When I have these conversations about owners and players, I always side with the players because I get it. They make millions of dollars to play baseball, but we're talking, there's family security. Why can't they have it? And especially in this game when revenues are at an all-time high, and I know there was an article recently published that said, hey, the players are still getting paid a fair wage, but those books, those MLB's books are closed, so we don't know that. This is just pure speculation. Right. So he turned down that to test the market. Mm-hmm. Market didn't come anything back. Right, so there was no market for him. There was a supposed 
Angels offer for three years and $45 million. Scott Boris said it never happened, and I kind of agree with him because the Angels got Zach Cozart right. at three years for $38 million, which right. is a little cheaper than what this supposed Mike Moustakas offer was. Zach Cozart's a better player. He puts up better numbers. You would take the better player that puts up better numbers for right. cheaper. And cheaper, so, why not? So I don't believe he was offered that number. So here's what the Royals have done at this point. Now he's back at the Royals. And got him for much less. And here's my problem with it. So they got him for one year at 6.5, what you just said, much less. And this is a guy that helped you get the back-to-back World Series titles. How does this – let me ask you this and what you think off the top of your head. How does this look when you offer a guy who's been a key part in your World Series run? I'm talking they went to two World Series in a row. Then they beat yeah. the Mets in 2015 and won it. You yeah. offer him 17.4. Then he goes out on the market and there's just nothing there. Then this guy you've counted on – you all of a sudden give him $11 million less? Yeah, that's insane. I, I could see maybe like a little less just because it was like, okay, you did go look elsewhere and nothing came up. Like, shame on you a little bit. Like, I get if they're a little kind mm-hmm. of upset about it, maybe knock off like a couple million. $11 million? That's insane. Yeah, because you're going from 17 to six and a half. It, it is. It yeah. is. And what the problem I have with that is... Is he going to work as hard? I mean, probably, but well, like still. Well, that's a lot of it, right? Yeah. So when you start to explore what could happen, you start to explore the inner dynamics of the owner and upper management relationship with the players. Mm-hmm. And one, what's that do to the clubhouse? Yeah. When you have like these sort of pay disputes here too, what's it do to the fan base, especially in small market Kansas City, when they see their team acting like this? I know the Royals could afford that extra $10 million. And how much of a statement would it make to your fan base and to the rest of the clubhouse for guys that might want to come play for this team say, hey, we know it was bad for you when you went out there and tested the market. We're going to go ahead and match that qualifying offer. We'll set you at one for 17.4. Come play baseball with us. Right. I think they should have done that hands down. He would have been even more grateful probably. He would have been like, okay, I'm ready to come back. Let's do this. As opposed to now, he's like kind of coming back with his like tail between his yeah. legs. Yeah, it's almost like when players go to arbitration, right? Yeah. When there's when like a player wants like nine million, but the team only wants to give you six and a half, and then you go through that arbitration, and literally in front of arbitration, the team explains to the player and the arbitrator what your weak points are, why you suck, and why you're not worth that money. Yeah. And this almost feels that way, like yeah. oh, you couldn't get anything out there, so we're just gonna so give now you we know. like six yep. and a half. Now we know you don't. You have to take this offer because no one else really got anything. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I I don't it like the insulting. vibe of it. And and he comes back almost embarrassed. I think so. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think it's a good move. I don't think it's a good look for him. Um, at that such a low number. But it also makes me nervous for the whole, like the possibility of a strike. Oh, you think there will be? Well, the collective bargaining agreement ends in 2021 so after the 2021 season you've got to go through renegotiations through like the players union and the owners for um, the labor agreement right and when drastic things like this happen Mm -hmm. it makes me even more nervous i did a little bit of research on again on the 94 strike because when that happened you were five and (laughs) i was like eight right so we were both kids yeah sure you were like 16 17 (laughs) (laughs) i I know you think i'm like real mature and thank you for that (laughs) And a lot of that in the 94 strike was the owners looking for ways to make more money and almost backing the players in a corner to the point where if the players didn't strike, 
it would have been detrimental to them and their current situation and for future ball players that right. come in. Because let's it would get have this, set that precedent. Yeah, not every baseball player is Albert Pujols who signs $200 million deals. you got guys that grind through the minors, that sign, may only play three or four years, make a few million bucks. This is for them too. So all of this stuff isn't complete just glamour of, oh, Robinson Cano, he's got $210 million. Or Bryce right. Harper getting under armor sponsorships. Who really cares about this stuff? But that's my biggest concern because in 94 – the owners, I know, really wanted to push for a salary cap, and it was to the point to where the players had no other move to make because if they wouldn't have went on strike, there would have been that. So it, it would have the labor relations. It just all would have been a disaster. And the owners, I always side with the players, and to me, in my eyes, the owners are always guilty until proven innocent because over the last hundred and fifty years of baseball, they've proven that. I mean. Right. They'll only do good when they have to do good. Right. So when I look at situations. When they're forced. Exactly, right? Yeah. So when I look at situations like this and you see a deal like Mike Moustakis and then Lance Lynn signed last night for one year at like $12 million. Lance Lynn was a top three free agent pitcher and could not get a multi-year deal. I wonder what's going to happen to Jake Arrieta now. Like I don't After know. hearing these two things, I'm it's like, crazy. interesting. Let's jump into that in a sec. But what I'm getting finished with is like this. The owners are using the luxury tax as a salary cap. Currently, yeah. the luxury tax in relation to overall MLB revenues is yeah. entirely too low, which at this point is what Major League Baseball was really gunning for in the 94 strike was to suppress labor, suppress those salaries. Yes. And we're seeing it right now. And as this bad blood fills up, because what you said about Jake Arrieta is this. When I saw Lance Lynn sign for one year in 12, and then Mike Moustakas signed for one year at six and a half. I wonder, one, if Jake Arrieta even has like a real life offer out there. Right. Because yeah. I the, the, the Twins were like, I mean, one year and $12 million, if that's literally all Lance Lynn could get and that was all his entire market, I mean, I don't know that Jake Arrieta's going to sign for over three years. That's Because insane. I think you're just going to have teams' complete refusal to be like, well, I'm not going to do it. Because we don't have to. Yeah. Because also a big problem with the, uh, the labor agreement is is when a player like Arietta or Mike Moustakis mm -hmm. or Lance Lynn, when they get a qualifying offer and reject it, if another team signs them, MLB has it to where that team that signs him yeah. has to give up a draft pick and some international pool money because when a team signs a free agent, that pulls players from other teams. Gotcha. So they got to make sure those other teams get like conversation, which is another big problem because no one wants to sign Arietta when right now you look at your last two World Series champions and go, oh, the Cubs and the Astros, they built from the ground up. Draft picks. Right. Right? So you saw, you saw it, so they signed these draft picks, but then they get a couple free agents, like the Astros picked up Verlander. Yeah. Cubs picked up Johnny Lester and Jason Hayward. So like, so now I'm going to sign Jake Arrieta, sacrifice- And give the, up a draft pick. And give up one or two possible draft picks and some international signing pool money, which is huge because you can sign international free agents like Luis Robert, who signed with the White Sox, who's a stud, who's like 17 or 18 right now. Right. Right now, what we're seeing is like those things win World good Series. So the owners right now are just on cloud nine because they're suppressing salaries and like they don't have, they're not, then they're not even paying those guys anyway. It's completely yeah. crazy to me. But with Arietta, I talked to a guy the other day. Um, <laughs> I thought you said I talked to him the other day. No, I did not. I was like, talk wow, to okay, Arrieta you called him. But I talked to one of my buddies, Cody, the other day, um, who I'm on the AAF board with. So, sure. Cody, if you're listening, shout out to you, man. You'll be He'll be on the podcast one episode, oh, probably. Awesome. And we talked about. MLB and owners and scouts 
looking maybe too much at data and not so much on the eye test of a guy right and what they're who saying. he is and yeah. what and more or less like what he might do in a certain situation so right. with jake arietta's right now you have this list of data that lines up that just says he's uh, lost two miles off the fastball two miles off the sinker we don't want him and right. it's kind of the same with lance lynn when you're just like oh he had tommy john and he's got some statistical numbers that'll tell us that maybe he got lucky last year like his batting average on balls in play was low that could factor into a little bit of luck also there's a stat called fielding independent pitching, which tells you what his earned run average would be if if every pitcher in the league had the same defense behind him, and that number was extremely high. Right. Where it really comes into play with me is looking at a guy like Jake Arrieta and knowing, yeah, his numbers might be down, but if you put him in the right situation based off life that's right. happened around him, for he example, excels. for example. I do not think Jake Arrieta would be the same pitcher if he signed with the Los Angeles Angels or the Philadelphia Phillies versus if he stayed in division with the Brewers or went to the Nationals because the Nationals and the Brewers are like a grudge match right? for the Chicago Cubs, right? Brewers in division, Nationals lost to him last year. So there's a certain part of me that has, and one of the reasons we talked about this the other day, why I'm such a huge Tim Tebow fan, is because you can't underestimate these intangibles of saying, okay, like I get his numbers, but what happens if I put Jake Arrieta in this situation, yeah. right, where he his back has been turned by everybody. Literally, the Cubs are like, we don't want you. We're just going to go with Darvish. And none of these offers are rolling in. And then what if Mike Rizzo in the Nationals or David Stearns in the Brewers are just like, we'll sign this guy because if I get him, I know he'll be good. Right. I still don't know if he'll get over three or over four, but it's crazy to me because I look at those two teams right now that need to win a World Series – the Nationals, for sure, because they're in their last year, Bryce Harper. And I, for the Nationals, for sure, I can't see how they don't make a run at Arietta because I think his best performance would be in a Nationals uniform at this point. I would like to see him play for the Nationals. Yeah. To get in an environment with Steven Strasburg, Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, and knowing what happened last year when the Nationals, or excuse me, the Cubs beat the Nationals in five. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I just don't know why. I can, I can tell you this right now. If Mike Rizzo is waiting on it for the Nationals because he wants to sign him for as low as possible, but if I'm a Nationals fan, what would make me mad is if Jake Arrieta signs with the Milwaukee Brewers for like Before. three years and $60 million. Yeah. And I would look at that deal and go, uh, that's affordable and that's a World Series, so give him four at 80 and call it quits. What, did the, Cubs, what did the Cubs offer him as a qualifying offer? Apparently six for 126. Or, well, no, that's what you Darvish got, but they say it was somewhere very in Very similar. Very similar off of that. It was long-term and better than probably what he's gotten anywhere. Gosh, I wonder if he's kicking himself. He probably is, but my biggest concern through this whole thing is the possibility of a strike. In yeah. ownership, and I looked at what the Royals did and kind of what the Pittsburgh Pirates did, unloading a lot of their longtime studs with, like, Andrew McCutcheon, who yeah. literally built that franchise up, that makes labor relations look real bad, and players are starting to get pissed. Because you've got all this time management stuff with the game. They don't feel like they're really being listened to on that. And then with all the labor stuff, I, baseball cannot take a strike. What, ha what does a strike look like? What happens when players strike? Here's what like I... Do, they just don't play games Okay, anymore? here's what I know about off the top of my head on the 94 strike. Donald Fear at the time was the Players Association um, commissioner or whatever. Okay. And... He had announced that our players are going to go on strike on this date if nothing happens. Right. So when that final game ended, I think it was August 10th of 94, walked off the job. Literally a walk off the job. Clear out clear out your clubhouse, take your stuff, and go home. And every, every player had to do it. It's a union. Every player does that. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, do they have to, or can they be, like, scabs? Isn't that what they're called? You don't want to do that. Oh, okay. Um, Kevin Millar was a scab, and when the oh, Red yeah. Sox won the World Series, oh, he's, I remember. He, doesn't, he has he a doesn't ring, get... but his name's not recognized. It's not anywhere. on it. Yeah, I remember. You, you honestly just don't want to do that because, I mean, it's just... Like, he's not, I mean, he wasn't showing up as on the roster. Like, he got mm-hmm. a ring, but he's not recognized because mm-hmm. he went re- against them. Yeah, he's not recognized on, I believe, any like MLB-like official document. Right. But ultimately, like, you've got to stand by the union. You've got to stand by the players and right. try to make Even this good. Even if you're not affected. Yeah, especially because when you've got, like, I mean, when the first stuff of, like, MLB collusion hit, like, I can think of, like, the 80s and then, like, the early days with, like, Charles Comiskey running the White Sox and stuff and, like, making players, like, pay for their own laundry and stuff and not taking care of anybody at all. If the players didn't have that mentality of let's stick together and do what we have to do, baseball, I don't think, would be happening right now. Because owners probably would have ran it to the ground and just treated it like famous bar or something. Yeah. And then it just sinks under. Wait, so... That could be a little far-fetched, but still. They walk off and then... Baseball just ceases to exist until, until an agreement's until in place. Until an agreement. So no games, nothing. Not one. And then I bet owners panic and stuff like that because they lose so much money. Owners lost like, like, I, I don't remember. A ton the, of money. I have five, like $586 million stuck in my head, but I feel like it could be more than that. But I feel like it's like half a billion dollars they lost. That's crazy. During the, and that was in 1994. Right now, ML, Major League Baseball is so close to... Like, right, you had literally, like, injected enthusiasm in 98 with the Home Run Derby. Right. And that was, like, the start of the steroid era. Right. And that was, like, the best thing that could happen to baseball because that was four years after the 94 strike. Baseball right now, I feel like, is so close with the young stars to kind of catapulting and really making a difference. For a strike to happen in 2021 would be an awful time to have it because baseball... I feel like it's kind of maybe starting to catch the mainstream because, like, you see little kids in California wearing Chris Bryant jerseys and right. little kids in Charlotte wearing Corey Seager jerseys, and it's like, okay, like, we got something here. And, you know, the voice and the brand of baseball is, like, being built up. And right. as you get years and years past the steroid era, which I completely respect, but my problem with that era has always been it took away from the game. So when you return on SportsCenter, they weren't talking about baseball. You're they were talking, talking about, about steroids the, yeah. and cheating. And your fans it are turned fun. off by that. They don't want any part of it, you know? Well, and a lot of parents don't want their children watching baseball when all they talk about is drug use. No, and honestly, <laughs> if you're a parent, yeah, you know, not every parent knows about steroids and what to talk to their children about and drugs. Right. And, I mean, if you've got a four- or five-year-old who's going to start to play sports and yeah. you're like, I don't know how to explain Like, let's do soccer, right. I guess. I right. don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just a thought. Like, yeah. maybe that's what they're doing. But. Sure. Uh, you are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. We went and watched the movie last night. We did. We watched The Wrinkle in Time we with did. Oprah. <laughs> a kid's movie. I'm not going to lie. It was way better than what I thought it was. I know. It's because I set it up to you to be like, this is a rated G movie. Yeah. It is very childish. So it actually got a little dark. It did get a little dark. Which I, I guess added to its... Uh, more appeal. It was more appealing than I thought it would be. I enjoyed it, but I like movies like that. I'm, yeah, I'm like a yeah. Child. It got a little dark and it got a little creepy to the point where like I thought there was like some weird like like control. Like I don't know what that was. I yeah. can't even explain it. But no spoiler alerts. But I did wear pajamas to the show, and it's he the did. best thing I've ever done. Yes. If you're not wearing pajamas to the movies or like sneaking candy in, we did talk about that a little we bit. We didn't sneak candy in. No, we didn't sneak candy in last night, but we should have. Like the time I shoved the Twizzlers down my pants yep. in front of the kid and walked right in. That was a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty um, good. <laughs> but it's a pretty decent movie and like pajamas is where it's at to yeah. the show. I actually, 
want to go see Red Sparrow. I know I kept talking about that, but I really want to see that. What's it's, Red Sparrow about? It's with um, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Ah, yeah, okay. love Jennifer Lawrence, and it's she's a Russian spy, and it's just really intense. Like it's really, um, she said it was her favorite movie she ever made. So I'm really excited to. So to it's watch like a it. Russian. So it's like kind of a suspense thriller type it is. flick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My friend Caitlin saw it and said it was really. Yeah, good. that'll have to be next on our list. Yeah. If what are the chances I can get you to ever watch Strangers? I don't want to watch. Did it. anyone ever? So Strangers is the movie. It was probably like came out ten years ago, and it's mm-hmm. where they put the potato sacks over their head. Yeah. It's and like graphically, like. Didn't they just like kill people for no people reason? The, they like tied people. They were like, t- well, they went to the house. All I remember from this because I haven't watched it in years. As you saw the guy tied to a chair with yeah. something over his face, and, they just and you saw him. the knife just stab in his stomach. But wasn't it just like random killing? Oh, it was random killing. Yeah. Three people, like one had a potato sack over their face, one had a little clown mask. And what was so scary about it is it looked real. Like this is something that could really happen. Like when you're watching an exorcist movie or like poltergeist, right. like, that's never going to happen to me, right? At least let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they say people really get possessed. You I know? know. Sometimes I, I felt it. possessed, to be honest with you. Like, Don't say that. That freaks like me out. Like when I go to the Mexican restaurant and eat all the food, I feel oh. like possessed when it gets queso <laughs> in my face. I thought you were about to be real. Like <laughs> no, sometimes I'm I not. feel like I'm possessed. I'm like, oh, we should pause this and talk about that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. But the stra- strangers is like something real. Like they literally, these people oh, are like yeah. knocking on the door, sneak in the house. Yeah. And they're like hiding in the so house scary. for like 10 minutes. Then what's, what's even creepier is like, like stuff goes missing like the, the batteries out of the cell phone and like it's so creepy what? and then there was a knife on the counter then like the knife's gone but you can't take and batteries then, out of cell phones anymore oh well this was an old one so it was like oh. an old flip phone oh. and they popped a battery out of it and it was just a i was like they movie. open up your iphone yeah but there's a sequel <laughs> of the movie and it's playing at imax up the road like I know. all i want to do is see people I don't, and I'll I'm actually it. really concerned that that gets you really excited. It looks so good. Like, you look it's hyped so right scary. now. I wanted to go see a Disney movie, and you want to see a murder movie. Oh, that's so good, because it's so real. I mean, it looks so real. I don't want it to be real. I want to live. But wow. those are the movies on our list, right? So Red Sparrow will be next, and then we'll yes. try to get to Strangers in next. We're but Wrinkle of Time was way better Strangers. than what I thought. Yeah. I felt like the... Uh, I mean, like the graphics in it or whatever. What do you call it with like like the CGI type stuff mm-hmm. or whatever? Like it looked so real. It didn't look cheesy. Didn't look cheap. Well, and I think it helped that we were in 3D IMAX. Oh, the 3D glasses like, are so awesome. Yeah, I was like I popping like, out. I yeah. felt like a cool kid, like a hipster, like with their black rim, like glasses. Well, you were in like plaid pajama pants. So. I did look pretty cool. Way better movie than what I thought it was, though. Right. It was, I, th- I honestly think it was a good movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, some parts were a little much, like a little childish, and some of the parts and, were definitely. But I think a the childish. overall message was really interesting, really um, poignant, based on like what's happening in society. Honestly, I think it wasn't yeah. just really a chi- like a children's yeah. movie. I think there was a lot of like pretty deep themes and relevant themes mm-hmm. that were going on. Um, so overall, I enjoyed it. A lot of name brand people be a movie in it too. That a lot of name, good. Yeah, a lot of name brand people in it. You had the uh, Oprah Winfrey, the the president or the president's wife. I think she played both roles in Scandal. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, Millie. Yeah, yeah, she's the Oprah president Winfrey, now. Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling. Uh, Mindy Kaling, which is awesome. What's his name? Who's the dad? Why can't I think of his name? Oh, the, he played me? on the uh, the Star Trek remakes. Yes. I don't. I don't, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, so I don't yeah. remember his name. He was. But good. He played in the Star Trek remakes, and that was good. Phenomenal flick. Yeah. Um. But speaking of. Nothing. We're gonna go. nothing. We're There's gonna, no way to, start, honestly, to segue into that. Listen, yeah, no, I'm still not good enough in the podcast yet for that. So Shohei Otani. Yeah, sure. He's a little. Uh, Speaking of other famous people, he's a li- <laughs> he's a little shaky right now. Apparently, he gave up six runs in three innings in a B game against a Mexican league team. 
Tijuana Toros. I'm sorry, what is the name of that? Tijuana Toros? Tijuana Toros. He pitched 64 pitches in three innings, five hits, struck out six, walked one. He, um, I guess there's concern over this right now. Otani says adjustments need to be made with the ball in the mound and everything. That may be some reasons why I'm getting hit. So he's getting hit, but he's also not getting hit. Right. So like on that end of the plate too. So Jeff, Jeff Passan had reported on Yahoo Sports that his hitting, he's having problems doing it. Yeah. He, and a lot of speculation is from scouts that when he was in Japan, he saw a lot of fastballs and a lot of changeups. Sure. But the problem is now is he's getting a lot of uh, spinning breaking balls, curves and sinkers with a ton of spin, and he's having a hard time seeing it. His front hips jumping out. His, his swing looks off balance. There's some concern here. It doesn't sound like the Los Angeles Angels have any intention on starting him in AAA. Right. Ooh. But I think they should. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's still a 23-year-old kid. He's still a 23-year-old rookie. Understand? Listen, maybe he got a little crazy in Tijuana. He's a he's a young kid. Maybe he partied too much Can or he something. he party in Tijuana? Wait, you've never heard about partying in Tijuana? I don't even know what's in Tijuana. So, I know Toro is a lawnmower that I used sure. to use when I mowed the lawn. No, so Tijuana is like a big, um, it's kind of a really skeezy area in Mexico. But Tijuana, like a lot of California like teenagers sneak into Tijuana. Let's just say this, you can like rent hotel rooms for the hour. Oh, dang. Yeah, are we, are we, wait, do you think this is breaking news? Are we getting to the bottom of this right yeah, now maybe, as journalists? Yeah, maybe he's like... In a new country. So you're saying he was just he, hammered and hungover, possibly. I think so. I think he partied a little too much in Tijuana. However, I, okay, so I do remember so... the actor um, who plays the dad. His name is Chris Pine. There just it let is. you know. But there go on. Is. But Movie yeah. critic. Yeah, thank you. This will be a new segment. Movie this will be, Yeah, this will be my own me. podcast. Um, scouts think, scouts acknowledge completely that Shoei Otoni's got power. Sure. And he's got uncommon speed, but pitchers are going to slaughter him with inside fastballs. But a swing... It's too imbalanced. His mechanics are off, and he's gonna need a lot of plate appearances to get this done. Right. So why are they? They're recommending. Him? Scouts are recommending that he needs at least 500 plate appearances in the minor leagues. But because the Angels this offseason have spent so much money, it's like they want to contend. And I think they're gonna rush this guy up, and they should pump the brakes on this thing right now, and let him play in the minors. They should let him play in AAA for like half the year. Yeah. Or they're not going to? They're going to pull him up right oh, away? Oh, they're going to pull him up right away, and they're going to continue with the schedule. They're going to let him DH on days when he doesn't pitch, and then they're going to pitch him once a week. And from what I've read, that they don't have any intentions on sending him. because they put too much him. money? And they, they were like, listen, no, we need they, to use him now? No, they don't have money in him. They've got $2.5 million oh, yeah. in him because oh, yeah. he came over cheap because right, he's right. still only 23. But they had a lot of signings, so they signed Zach Cozart. Of course, they've got Mike Trout for, I think he'll be a free agent in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Wait, so what's the rush in and using making, him right now? Do they just have no one else? They want to win right now. Yeah, I they understand that, but if a, he's not ready to they win. They think they can make the wild card. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I want to win too, but if I don't have winning players who are ready, then what and, does that mean? You know, and, and as we're unpacking this, I'm looking at it like almost like a Kyle Schwarber situation that happened last year. If you're going to bring, or really this almost sounds like a quarterback that gets drafted by the Browns. You put <laughs> If you put a kid, a young kid, Who's and let's not forget like the real life aspects of what's happened. Right, he's has lived in Japan and now he's in the United States. He's in Los Angeles. Right, he's partying in, in Tijuana. Partying in Tijuana, <laughs> and like that's real life stuff that's happening. Yeah, and talk about overwhelming. I don't know where I'm going out this other than if you start a guy off kind of on the wrong foot and like maybe he gets a little discouraged. 
in the long haul, if your team can stay in pretty, because I mean the Angels lost Mike Trout for six weeks last year, yeah, and still were in wild card potential. Why couldn't the Angels just not have Shohei Otani? Maybe bring him up after the All Star break, yeah, and let him get some hits in down there, build his confidence to know that hey, like I can hit American Pro Ball. But I can also, like, live here, you know? Get acclimated to the community sure. and stuff like that. I well, get... he's a young kid not really speaking English. I mean, right? His English is... Not that nothing. great. Yeah. And I feel like it might... If you pull him up before he's early, too, before he's ready and you pull him up too early, then it might be kind of starting the trajectory of his career and his attitude, and like you said, in the wrong way. I always thought baseball was a game to where you can get in your own head, which is, I think, a lot of times... Like, if you look on the back of a baseball card, you see a player with a good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Right. I think it's hard for a guy to get out of his head when, like, when that year starts to kind of go south and it's yeah. just like, oh, like, I can't break out of it because... When you're a pro baseball player, when do you have time for a break? When you get a day off every week and a half? Sure. And other than that, you're on the road stretching four different time zones? Yeah. So my take is send Otani to the minors and bring him up post-All-Star break and look to the guys that you have to keep you in contention. Or at least just start him in the minors and see how he does. Let yeah. him adjust. I mean, if he's killing it right away, oh, yeah, then yeah, yeah. okay, bring like him up earlier. If you can him down for a month and all of a sudden you're right. pulling him up in June, then hell yeah, you've done your job. Right. Because he goes to the minors, batting 350 and pounding home runs and pitching pretty good. Yeah. Then let him go. No, I agree. But he needs, I think he just needs more time to figure it out. And like this traditional spring training for him, because spring training, the time allotted for spring training, which it starts in February and, you know, goes till the season start, mm -hmm. that's intended for, like, Major League Pro Ball players. Wouldn't it make sense that a guy that came over from, like, a completely different land, like, maybe could use a little more time? Right. And I wouldn't look at him going to the minors as anything else other than, let's extend his spring training and just send him at AAA for a while. Right. He won't be around, like, his team for a little bit, but that's okay. He'll have his interpreter with him. Who you know? I mean, that's someone he's around with a lot, and that's got to be comfortable to have someone you know when you're yeah, in a that's clubhouse his who you don't know. And surely he would have met some guys during spring training that are going to go back down to AAA. Oh, of course. And I say send him to AAA and extend that spring training because mm -hmm. he needs more reps. He needs to pitch more. He needs to hit more. And you know, that's all you want to do as a player is just find that rhythm. You know, I think so. Greatest show on dirt. That's what you're listening to. We got good news for you. If you're at work. Yeah. When you're at work, can people see your computer, or do you have a pretty good amount of privacy? No, they can see my computer. Oh, so you have no privacy at work. I don't. Well, Major League Baseball is having Facebook-only games this summer. Okay. And they're going to be a lot of afternoon games. So if you're at work, yeah. and are you walking or hardly walking, uh, which this is going to be detrimental to me. So, like, Major League Baseball having Facebook-only games yeah. that you can't watch on TV that you can't watch on MLB.com. You can only watch on Facebook. Did they sign like a deal with Facebook? They did, like a $25 million deal. Okay. I might get fired from my job. Do you think you could support us both on one salary? Probably because not. Because there's no way in hell that I'm going to make it through this. Because at my job, no one can see my computer because I'm against, I've got the VIP seating because uh -oh. they know I'm top dog. And no, we have open seating, so there's nothing. Can there's see nothing but beautiful windows behind me. Sure. The windows below me might or might not look upon a dumpster, but it's neither <laughs> here nor there. But so that's what it's going to be. And a lot of I read an article I think yesterday where somebody wrote that this was stupid because like oh if if baseball wants to get younger fans why are they going on Facebook? 
Why wouldn't you go on Facebook? Listen, young people still. Oh, do have... people? Oh, are they saying young people don't use Facebook? Yeah. You're, oh, you're, I'm. I'm not young. Your average Facebook user is like 40 years old, but young. Is people, it really? Yeah, but young people still use Facebook, but they just don't interact on Facebook as much. Right. So like, you'll get young people that are on Facebook, but they're not writing on people's walls. Don't you like read things on Facebook? I exactly. watch. I watch a lot of dog videos. Yeah. On Facebook. Oh my god. Dog. Yeah. That's what gets me through my day. Like, if it's 2:30 and I'm like phasing, if right. I see like a dog in a raincoat, like right. a pug, I'm like, oh, and then like no, my day's I watch like all those like rescue. Videos. Oh, the rescue dog videos are so good, though. Yeah. That's not, like, inspiring to you that, like, you can get out of here. I mean, Bill Murray said it best when he's like, I, like, don't trust people that, like, my dog doesn't trust. Right. Right? Like, you can sense that. Like, a dog can sense an earthquake. Absolutely. A dog can also sense a jerk. Yeah. But I'm true. cool with the Facebook thing. I think it's a big move for baseball. I don't think. I think it's fine because I have a Facebook, so I can them, watch it. It's going to be 25 games over the course of the season. And the deal's roughly from 25 to $30 million. It's what it's costing MLB. And a lot of content now is just being developed for Facebook. Right. Bill Murray and his brother had like a baseball only show that may have ran just like six episodes and it was on Facebook only. Huh. And for me, it's Well, that's kind like of... something being sold exclusively at Target. Oh, like all the baseball cards yeah. I've been buying lately. Yeah. Oh, I opened up a sweet pack yesterday. But I look at it as like, if, if you think your people like aren't going to Facebook, it's almost like this is something special that right. people might know to go to Facebook, right. Facebook towards, right. and it's like just something different. And who's to say like if you kind of have like a person that maybe like kind of watches baseball but doesn't most of the time, right. and they're just literally look at this and go, "Oh, I'm gonna watch baseball on Facebook while I'm at work doing nothing." I think it could just you know. Because people love to slack off at work. Oh, I'm yeah. this close every day to pulling that damn fire alarm and getting the <laughs> hell out of there. But this is definitely going to maybe get me fired or maybe not get me fired. I think right. it's a good move. I think it's an okay move. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent. I think it'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be like amazing, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be well, here. Here's what you've got a downfall of, yeah. right? So look at my dad or maybe look at your dad. These are two guys that are in their 50s and don't have Facebook. Right. If a Yankees or a Cubs game... Just so, which they will be, right? If you're talking about Facebook-only games, you know the Yankees and the Cubs are going to have one of those 25 games. Yeah. Our pops, they're not going to be able to watch them on TV. Right. And then, so that's kind of like the only like mess up on this. And this is probably like had to have been one of Facebook's terms because as Facebook, I'm not going to like air the game here when you can watch it elsewhere. Like oh, it's got to be not. a Facebook exclusive. And granted, you're talking 25 games total. Right. That's not true. Out of 162 times 30 games, which is an right. astronomical amount, but. I mean, it'd be enough to piss my dad off. Yeah. It'd be enough to piss Gary off, probably. Yeah. Um, but I still, I mean, I, I, I like the move. I still do, because I think the positives are going to outweigh the negatives yeah. of it. And I don't really care about the age range of the average Facebook user. It's just the fact of giving someone, like, something exclusive that makes it a little bit different than your day-to-day -day game. Because when you're watching 162 games, do something different. Yeah, I mean, I applaud and, them trying something different. Yeah, and this is a good thing, because baseballs, I like what you just said right now, because you got to, that's huge you got to applaud MLB for doing something different because yeah. part of Major League Baseball's problem is they don't want to do anything right. different. Right, they're trying to branch out, so I think yeah. it's okay. And it's only 25 games, yeah. so it's not it's low <sighs> risk. That's it. It's true. It's low risk, high reward. That's exciting. It's basically Shohei Otani of, like, the moves. Right. But I really like what you just said there because baseball gets a bad rap of not doing things different, and there are a lot of fans that feel that way. So my brother sent me an article maybe last week that talked about baseball experimenting with getting to the ninth inning, mm -hmm. and your teams in the ninth inning can bat any three players they want starting off. What? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so interesting. I, yeah, it's very interesting. So I didn't read the article. Of course, I was at work. <laughs> my brother is he, my brother right now is all in on baseball. I get ten text messages to my one. Like I don't, and he's a pastor, and he's clearly got more time than I do because like he's preparing like his little preaching plans, and I'm like trying to hit writing deadlines. Right. And I can't keep up with his text messages, but it's the funnest thing in the world. If he'll ever come on the show. He's, uh, it, it'll be a good one. He's obviously prepared. But he had sent me the message and he's like, what's this crap about? But what you've got, imagine this. Yeah. Let's say you've got a Red Sox-Yankees game, heavy yes. rivalry. Yes. And let's say like in the eighth, let's say in the seventh inning, Stanton and Judge have already batted. So okay. obviously you're not going to see them ga- them guys in the ninth inning but now when you the can. game's on the line. But what if you go to the bottom of the ninth and you've got that rule in and you've got Craig Kimbrell on the mound. I'm talking your Irish ginger redhead. He's bent over doing the arm thing, just looking like all intimidating as they come. Yeah. And he's got to face Judge Sanchez and Stanton. Do you think but, they're doing it to, like, have people watch until the ninth inning? That could honestly be a huge possibility. Yeah. Because it's like, if listen, if you look at football and baseball, and we'll unpack this right now. If you look at football and basketball, yeah. when you get to the fourth quarter, you got LeBron. you right. got Tom Brady. Right. But, like, you get to the ninth inning of a baseball game, and it's like, oh, Stanton's on the bench because, like, he just batted. Right. I think this would be huge. And fans and baseball have always been resistant to, like, oh, we don't want to make any change because we want to preserve the game. But if you've got stars like Sanchez and Judge – and whatever whatever your team is, if you've got, I can't. Who's who's another? <laughs> I mean, name your team. Like, put your team here. Sure. Right? If you're a Dodgers fan, right, and you want to watch Justin Turner and that red, crazy ginger beard. Would want to he do just that. got married, by the way, and Oral Hershiser married them. What? Who was like a Hall of Fame Dodgers pitcher, which is awesome, and. You want your like top guys to be in the fourth quarter. I I think it would be a great move, and I think it's something to talk about just because you can't have a game that's 150 years old and right. be insistent upon it standing still as society changes. Of course. And it's not like we're caving, being like, oh, no one's going to watch, so like let's just make the game easier. But damn it, that makes it fun. Because yeah. I feel like what makes a sport is the players behind it, right? Which is always in labor talks why I always side with the players because no one goes to a game to watch Brian Cashman file paperwork in his office <laughs> right but i do could you imagine what would happen with baseball knowing when your fourth quarter came which was the ninth inning that you had your studs coming yeah it's like you're all it's like an all-star that inning. would be huge and yeah. i would be so on board with baseball making that change sure. i'll go ahead and, and approve it then exactly done can you put that into work yeah uh, i'll place Qu- the order critique for press yeah i'll place the um, order. and that's, that's why i look at the facebook move and like i like it so much because i feel like it could be the start of baseball just changing with yeah. the ages and it's a revolution all things change and look at what's important in the game and it's no disrespect to guys that are less impactful but you know let's be honest ronald Torres knows he's not john carlos stanton right and i don't think it'll take away Maybe from the other guys dad. because baseball is still no matter what going to be this sport where it takes the whole team to win oh absolutely and i, I love the idea of a, a stud coming in the fourth quarter and doing the thing so the facebook is done but we'll go ahead and close this episode out for now we'll have some more topics Later on, I think we'll try to record. The new studio will be finished in April, mm-hmm. so our house has a closing date of April, and then right then we'll have a studio. So right now we are pray for us in with the in-laws for yes. another three weeks. Um, I'll tell you this, they're 100% Italian, so I'm eating good. I've probably gained about 20 pounds of solid <laughs> fat 
being in this house, I'm talking like spaghetti, garlic bread. They're just like, do you want some pasta? And I'm like, yeah, I want some pasta. No one talks like that here. I don't know an Italian yeah, that was New York accent. No one talks like that here. I'm not cutting it out nonetheless. That's fine. But um, <laughs> no, we're pumped to get out. And then once we get in the new studio, we'll be able to record just every day probably after work for just whenever we want to. Because right now we got to set the whole place up. And, yeah. Um, try to work around a bunch of screaming loud Italians, which are awesome and can cook up a storm. No disrespect. I love them. But um, we'll close this bad boy. Do you have any other closing points? I don't. Anything we didn't talk about? No, you're welcome for uh, showing up here today and recording with you. Yeah, thanks for actually showing up and doing your job. You're we welcome. pay good money to have you in here. I and know. And like skipping out. Yeah, I know, I know. It's gonna... Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll suspend you if we have to for breaking team rules. Sure, I'll strike. We'll, we'll bench you if we have to. You That's can't fine. strike. I'll strike. Nope. Greatest show on dirt. Courtney, Quentin. Bye. See you later.